ogling or objectifying the bodies of others by staring with obvious sexual interest can be an easy habit to get into, especially in a culture that objectifies women in particular. It's also something that recovering porn addicts have to work really hard at to break. But there are plenty of non-addicts that deal with this too. So let's break this down and figure out how to break free of this habit. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have an insightful but challenging episode for you this week. This is episode number 176. And today we're going to be talking about objectification and wandering eyes or ogling. Hey there, before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we discussed the impact overworking has on marriage. Definitely worth going back and checking out. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. And do remember, if you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice. If you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice. And most of all, we offer hope. Okay, let's get into the topic of ogling. And I think, Verlinda, the first thing I want to note here is that while this activity or habit of checking people out can become almost mundane and very normal for a person, Mm -hmm. we have to realize it really is a betrayal event for our spouse. Mm -hmm. So it can be generating a lot of ongoing pain and hurt for one person while the other person's like, what? I was hardly even looking. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. So I want to start with uh, um, the question, why do men ogle? Now, I'm stereotyping here, but I do think men generally ogle more than women, although... I think it's definitely increasing, like the woman ogling. The gap is maybe not as large as it used to be. Yeah, yeah. So... So I'll just, ladies, if you're struggling with this, that's fine. Like you're, we welcome you into this process of trying to understand and break free of this habit. Just do the gender translation for me so I don't have to double my pronouns all the way through. Okay. Why do men ogle? Well, the short answer is that our culture socializes us for this. In fact, both men and women are socialized to see women as objects to be viewed and admired. Uh, don't believe me? Just look on Instagram. A man or a woman posts a photo of him or herself posing. They get a ton of comments. And even though this is seen as a positive when it's women complimenting each other, it's still really, in a way, it's objectifying. Mm -hmm. And we had a discussion before this. I think women do this a lot more than men. And it's part of this socialization. Right. Women do it more, but it's not that men don't do it. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. And this socialization that happens through advertising, through films, television, all the media that almost exclusively portrays women with ideal body shapes. And they emphasize their physical appearance over their personalities and their qualities as a person. Mm -hmm. So that's how we get into this position where this is happening, right? And the effect of this is that men are trained to view women then as sexual objects. And in that context, ogling and checking out women becomes acceptable. We say things like, I was just looking to minimize and defend the behavior. Like Mm -hmm. this is... It becomes our new normal, right? But what is interesting is that uh, studies have shown that this has a, a, a tangible dehumanizing effect. So a couple of researchers, Hefleck and Goldenberg in 2014, they found that when thinking about women in terms of their physical appearance, men would use less human words to describe them and assign fewer human traits to those women than they would to men. Really? So this is dehumanization. 
And what was fascinating is that this effect can even be seen on the neurological level. Focusing on women's bodies activates the same brain areas that are activated when looking at inanimate objects. That's That's objectifying registering in brain circuitry, right? Now, you can only imagine the moral challenges this brings because we hold a different moral standard for what we do to an object versus what we would do to a human being. Yeah, yeah. Right? Okay. I think this is serious business. And so the, too. the question is, what is the effect of ogling on women then as well? Like, because often there is the idea this is a harmless activity because nobody gets hurt in the process. I was just okay. looking, right? Yeah, yeah. So a common defense made is that, like I said, is that nobody's getting hurt, right? Mm-hmm. But the research shows that objectifying gaze has tangible negative effects on the target of the gaze as well. So even the person being looked at, even yes. though it's supposedly so complimentary. Yes. Huh. Even the perception that you might be the target of objectification can have a negative effect. And these have been documented in a study from 2011 and include these, there's seven items here they suggested, there's probably more, but one is increased body shame and dissatisfaction with your own appearance because now you start evaluating yourself too. Oh, okay. Increased body surveillance tied to that, monitoring and worrying about your own appearance, Hmm. internalizing the beauty standards of society and trying to live up to them, Hmm. increased belief that looks are all that matter. Reduced concentration, cognitive ability, and performance, for example, at work or in sports. Wow. Increased self-objectification by women. So that's thinking of themselves in more objectifying terms and being constantly preoccupied with how others will see them. Huh. And then acting less individually and more in line with expectations. So for example, talking less and not standing up for yourself. So you're starting to treat yourself like an object too. Wow. It's crazy, right? Okay, yeah. Now, what's really sad is that you begin to get the picture that as you objectify people, they begin to internalize and begin to believe this about themselves as well, that they are indeed objects. And women affected in this way actually start acting more like objects, even when the gaze is complimentary, making a a positive impression. They begin to act more like objects. And not only that, but they begin to believe that their physical attractiveness is more important than their other qualities as a person. Now, this can lead to unrealistic standards of beauty, which can lead to shame when they fail to live up to those unachievable standards. So there's really, you know, how do you ever get good enough for that, right? And and so an interesting question to ask is, does this happen to men? And this is a gender difference because the effects, these effects are found for women being gazed on by men, but not the other way around. Really? Yes. And so I think that that highlights our responsibility as men to break this habit and to challenge our culture about how we view and look at women, literally. Yeah. To, to restore to them personhood rather than treating them as objects. Hmm. Now, as you might expect, ogling affects marriage. What were you going to mm-hmm. say? I just find that so hard to believe that this, it doesn't happen to men. Like, why don't men have the same effects being ogled by women? Is it just because it's kind of a newer thing and... We don't have all the results for it yet, or are men just wired so differently that it's not such a big deal? I think it comes back to socialization to a large degree. Yeah. And, you know, some men in our world are objectified for sure. Yeah. But the vast majority aren't. Mm, Whereas I would say the vast majority of women are being objectified. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So how does this affect marriage? So as I said earlier, it really is a betrayal, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And... The objectification can happen both through ogling or it can happen through other means like porn use. Mm-hmm. So here are some documented negative effects from Tyler et al. in 2015. One is sadness and negative emotions for the wife. No surprise there. Yeah. Increased body shame. Like it just goes so backwards, hey? Like you think you think it would be 
Because you're trying to appreciate something, right? That Yeah. If you're being appreciated, that you'd feel better about yourself. But it actually... No, no, no. So just put this in the context of, of a husband ogling other women. Oh, sorry. We're talking about marriage now. Yes, yes, yes. And yes, you're, yes. now you're thinking about what that woman has that you don't. That you don't. Okay. Absolutely. On, on, an, object, and on, on an objectification level. Yes. Not yes. a personhood level, right? Okay. It can lead to internalization of unattainable beauty standards. Because those are unattainable, then there's reduced self-esteem. Okay. And because now body shame is into this, there's actually greater likelihood of having an eating disorder or symptoms of an eating disorder. Wow. So you're starving yourself to compete. Wow. Now, other researchers have found the same thing. So for example, another study in 2011 found that highly objectifying views in the husband predicted self-objectification in the wife. Wives will see themselves in the way that husbands look at other women. So if the husband is an objectifying gazer, mm. they will see themselves as an object. This will impact the marriage. Okay. Creating reduced yeah. sexual satisfaction for both the husband and the wife and reducing the relationship satisfaction as well. Oh. So it has a distinct negative impact on marriage, right? Yeah. Now, so yeah. How does it reduce sexual satisfaction? Okay. Well, because of the impact on women's self-esteem, because you feel like you're always being compared with. Yeah. Okay. It reduces intimacy. Self-esteem is necessary for desire, but if you're lost in your own insecurities, it's going to be hard to feel a lot of desire, mm -hmm. right? Okay. And also if you feel like you're actually part of a larger harm of women, but you happen to be the one your husband has physical sex with mm. rather than virtual, then yeah. there's this reduction in intimacy that's going to happen because you're just, you feel like you're one of many. There's the exclusivity is not there anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, another thing to note from the research here that I think is important is that reduced sexual satisfaction does not lead to the husband engaging in more ogling or objectification in this context. Mm-hmm. Is that like research-based or is that just that's, a... That's the same study back, Tyler et al. 2015. Okay. So what this is saying is that a husband owing other women, is not, that's not happening because he's not getting enough sex. Like mm. withholding sex does not cause ogling. It may be used by him to justify ogling, but I would challenge guys to be very careful about going down that road, right? Now, at the same time, you know, to be balanced here, there's some spouses, uh, and I'll go with men here just to keep the genders consistent, but it can go either way, like I said before. There's some spouses in a lot of pain because sex is being withheld from them. And I don't want to dismiss that pain, but just to gently challenge you to think about how you may be choosing to adjust your own moral values as a result. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'd encourage you both, like if you're listening today and this is a non-abusive marriage, if you guys have a legitimate sex problem, go ahead and tackle that. Yeah. Right. But don't try to justify ogling by blaming it on your spouse's lack of yes. whatever right. you think you need, right? Or blaming it on your spouse at all. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. Okay. So, In agreement so far. The way that this impacts marriage is that ogling is a betrayal of commitment. And so I've been calling this out as a betrayal event, right? So remember that marital commitment is made up of three core components. One is satisfaction with the relationship. Okay. So Ogling says, I'm not satisfied with everything that's inside our marriage. I'm looking outside. The other is exclusivity versus attention to alternatives, which Ogling is a clear violation of. And third oh. is what? I totally agree with you here because I am like 100% against Ogling. Yeah. But for the people that say like, well, I would never actually do anything with the person, you know, going back to the, I'm just looking excuse. Right. But you are doing something with that person. You're, you're, you're sexually pleasuring yourself. Maybe just you're not physically looking. touching your genitals, but you're sexually pleasuring yourself by mm. ogling and enjoying the other person. And you're okay. doing that in front of your spouse sometimes. Yeah. Or your spouse is aware of it. Okay. Right? Yep. 
And then the third component of marital commitment is investment in the current relationship. And you're you're putting energy elsewhere, basically, is what's happening, right? Mm-hmm. And interest. Yeah. So you can see how increased attention now the woman really erodes commitment, right? It is a betrayal. Mm-hmm. Now, this week, our bonus guide is actually for wives who, we're going to come back to that earlier part here, who find themselves influenced by popular thought. And although it's painful to admit this, you've actually objectified yourself as well. Okay. Not necessarily in an immoral way, but you're noticing you spend a lot of time on body image and concerns there rather than thinking of yourself as a whole person and focusing on personal growth, right? Okay. So, and I'm not in any way wanting to imply that this is a problem for wives to solve. I just want to say, here's something for you because a lot of this I am addressing towards men and I'm asking men to take responsibility. Yeah. Got it. So, Our bonus guide is for our patrons who support the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Thank you, guys. We appreciate what you do every Mm -hmm. month to help us make this possible. Uh, If you're not a part of our patron group, we would encourage you to join. Uh, This guide today will help you begin to process the impact of objectification and shift towards a healthier perspective. So we'll just take a quick 60-second break to tell you about our patrons. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive, and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Belinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about how ogling is a betrayal of commitment. So let's turn now, Verlinda, to what to do about ogling. Okay. What do we do about ogling? I think the first thing is to understand the damage it causes. And this is usually what we're trying to minimize, right? So you're talking to men here, mainly. Yeah. And again, just do the gender switch if you're a woman that struggles with this. Despite the damage ogling and objectification do to women, uh, both to the target and to the wives of ogling husbands... Many people are resistant to the idea that it needs to stop, right? Men okay. see it as normal or harmless, and it's it's kind of a common behavior. Well, everybody does it. Why are you upset? Oh, right? okay, okay. And, and so even in those cases, women are now being taught that the object, being the object of male attention is desirable. Like, so okay. somebody will still at you and your, your girlfriend's like, oh, you got it, honey. Like, good for you. Oh. High five. You're getting objectified. Except huh. we don't say it in those terms. Right, right. Which maybe we should. Yeah. But to me, like then, I don't know, is this reasonable to save Verlinda? But if, if the wives are listening, like it's okay to start a conversation about this and let your husband know that it's a problem. Let your husband know that, that the personal impact of their behavior right. is on you. It needs to be like soft start, I feel. Right. Like you need to know how deeply this, this touches hurting. me. Yeah. yeah. I need to let you know how deeply this touches me. Hmm. And for some husbands, many husbands, I would hope that maybe provide enough motivation to change, even to get listening to this podcast, some of the ideas that we have here that can help deal with this, right? Mm -hmm. But I want to challenge men out there too, because I'm challenged as much by lust as the next guy, right? And yet character is what you are when nobody's watching. When you can Mm -hmm. ogle someone, 
without being seen, do you? That's hmm. a tough question, right? I have to stay on top of this. It's an easy habit to get into. And in the summertime or in a mall or going past some billboards, it takes a concerted effort to bounce your eyes and not to really start... And not to let your eyes stop. Looking you and enjoying. Dance? Yeah. Okay. And yet I think that if all of us were intentional about this, I believe it would actually begin to change our culture. It would make it a safer place for women and it would make a safer place for our marriages as well, right? Hmm. But the larger part of this, the, the real challenging part here is almost a belief aspect, which is changing how you see women. Because ogling and being drawn to look at attractive women's bodies, it could be like an automatic or it is often an, feels like an automatic or a nearly unconscious process. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The ogling or just being drawn to look? Like, is that not two different things? Uh, because like I can speak as a woman, right? And I might, something might catch my eye, but to ogle it or to like okay, stare yeah, 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 with yeah. lustful intent yes. is different. So maybe I, I'm, yeah, being drawn to, to gaze enjoy. I'm talking about when this is going beyond noticing. Okay. Yeah. So you're and saying we'll that that's about, an automatic process. Well, hang on a sec. Which part? Well, you just stated that ogling or being drawn to look at attractive women's bodies may be automatic or nearly unconscious process. Yes. <laughs> what do you think? Maybe it's become an unconscious process. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm not. Okay. Sorry. I'm not saying it should be. I thought you were saying like for everybody, this is automatic and I'm saying. Well, it is almost, but I'm not saying that's good. Isn't. Right. I'm not saying that's good. Okay. I'll just keep listening. So let me finish this out and you see if I miss them, okay? Okay. So it can be hard for men to stop because they feel like it's automatic. Okay. Right? But we can choose to focus instead on other aspects of women, seeing them as equal human beings rather than objects to be viewed. Mm -hmm. Right? So this is really about how you think about women now. Oh, okay. Like I do think that the human eye has a, for most people, has there's a, ref, a reflexive drawing and appreciation towards beauty whether that's art, yes. architecture, scenery. Yeah, or people. Or people. Yeah. But when, but what happens is, is when we normalize objectification, we take that reflexive and we, we take it further into a sexualized mm -hmm. appreciation, longing. Okay. Right, that's problematic. Am I doing okay? Yeah, so far. <laughs> so over time, though, when we shift our belief to see to really think about, okay, that's a human being. That's not an object, mm -hmm. right? And I should be saying she's a human being. She's not an object. Mm -hmm. Like you can see how even the language is, is so subtle here, right? Okay. Over time, this will make you less likely to think of women as objects and you'll be able to catch yourself when you're drawn to start ogling. So for example, a study in 2010 found that focusing on women's physical appearance caused men to see them as being less competent, less warm, and less capable of making moral decisions. So seeing women as objects and seeing them as having these human qualities was incompatible. Like you either had to go really? down one road or the other. Therefore, like my conclusion is learning to focus on the qualities, the human being aspects of a person, a female person will naturally make you less likely to look at them in an objectifying way. Oh, because there's no room for both. So if you can train your mind to go one direction. Yes. So most, most guys that I talk to obsess about stopping but this is more about displacing. Yes. Okay. Right? And I think okay. that's why this works better. And it just becomes as simple as reminding yourself that she's a person, not an object. Even if she's objectifying herself by cultural mm -hmm. standards, right? And 
And that kind of comes back to like what I said, I think in a previous episode where can you look at a woman who's objectifying herself and feel some sadness for her and wonder what Mm -hmm. she must have have experienced as a person to believe that her worth is found entirely in the projection of her physical attributes rather than her whole personhood. Yeah. So this is one aspect of changing how you see women. Now there's another, another one, and this one is delicate as well. It's hard. These things are very nuanced, but it can be very helpful and freeing. So just again, pay attention to my language as you listen. What happens particularly for porn and sex addicts, but I I think also this happens to many men generally, maybe even close to all men and women, right? Mm -hmm. Is you see an attractive person, right? Now, if you're a Christian, you've already been taught that the Lord Jesus said that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Mm -hmm. So he was kind of really raising the bar on moral standards. Like the Old Testament law says, if you have sex with someone, that's adultery, right? Outside of marriage. He's saying, no, if you, if you gaze with lustful intent, you're committing adultery in your heart. Okay. So he's, he's pushing behavior internal or our moral standards internal, not just about behavior. Yeah. Now I want to talk to guys here. And again, gals can translate the genders. Say you see a very attractive woman and you notice her. And then you kind of, you jump right into guilt and even shame because you think you've committed adultery in your heart. And again, just okay. watching my language here, you've, you've noticed, you see a very attractive woman. That's all that's happened. Okay. But the verse is very clear. It's looking at a woman with lustful intent. And what happens is that we end up obsessing about not sexualizing and not objectifying. And then the issue becomes that we find ourselves obsessing over an attractive woman, even though we're trying to point mm. that obsession in the right direction morally, right? Uh-huh. Like we're trying to, we're obsessing about not obsessing about sexuality. It's still basically a sexual obsession. Okay. It still, it still feels kind of screwed up, right? Okay. So how do you, you break out of this? Cause it doesn't feel healthy. Well, what I recommend is that when you see an attractive woman, acknowledge it, acknowledge the attractiveness that it's there, it's present, it's real. This is evidence that God vests beauty in his creation. And one of the ways that he does that is through physical beauty. Mm-hmm. But remind yourself that this is a person with a story, with a history, with many virtues, many characteristics. Notice maybe the woman beside her, not as attractive, but just take a moment to wonder to yourself about the beauty that lies within that person, virtues of character and personhood. Mm-hmm. Again, because you know that God vests beauty in every part of his creation, and then you move on. So I don't think okay. it's wrong to acknowledge attractiveness, even to appreciate it briefly. Okay. As a gift that God has placed on that person. May not in all contexts actually be a gift, but that's another discussion, right? <laughs> okay. You will know when you go from acknowledging and appreciating beauty to crossing the line into lustful intent, right? When the appreciation becomes about your own personal gratification or your own sexual pleasure, that's different than just seeing beauty and acknowledging it. Okay. At the same time, though, I think it's healthy to start noticing other women and men and acknowledging that every person bears the image of God. So there's some beauty in every person. You know, in my thinking, and maybe this is too naive, but I believe that God dishes out beauty in equal proportions to every person. I think he's fair, but that beauty takes on a thousand varieties of which physical beauty is only one facet. And it's not nearly as important a facet as popular media wants us to believe. Yeah, I agree with that part. Right? Okay. Am I making sense here? Yeah, I think you are. Because I think it helps to create a little bit of space to acknowledge that some people are especially beautiful. Mm Hmm. Okay but we don't have to do anything about that sexually. Right. Okay. And yet if there's, I think there's some freedom in being able to acknowledge it. Yeah. And then move on. Okay. Now talking about media. Yes. Of course, TV, films, advertising, all portray attractiveness as being the most important thing for women to aspire to, leading to objectification and ogling by men and self-objectification by women. Now, theoretically, this could be reduced by limiting how much exposure to media you have. 
hmm. or by looking for media which portrays women in less objectifying terms. But in reality, that can be pretty hard to actually do. You can't actually avoid all media. If you're going to walk through the mall, yeah, yeah, right, you're going to see objectifying media. Even if you drive down the road, yes, like billboards or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Now, one researcher pointed out this really helpful idea, which is developing media literacy in both men and women. So this is for both of us, right? Which is the ability to analyze the media that we watch or that we see. We notice when it's objectifying women and we don't get taken in by the view. Hmm. So, you know what? Our kids get taught this at school. Awesome. Yeah. Because I think this does help, right? Watching TV or films with this more analytical mindset, it helps men to notice when they're acting in a way that objectifies women. And it can also help women to stop internalizing society's beauty standards. Hmm. Yeah. So you can, enjoy, you can enjoy a film that objectifies the female lead without having to engage in the objectification. Whoa, 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 whoa. But why watch that film? Well, I'm not saying this is an R-rated film or anything, okay? Okay. Like this could be a family film, but there was that treasure one that we watched recently, right? Um, Sahara. Yes. So the female lead in that film, I don't know, but she had this, she had a black tank top on the whole time and the guys were never as exposed as she was, right? So they were right. objectifying her. Okay. So okay. do we not watch the film or do I recognize, okay, that's objectifying her and, and that's just, that's what they do, but I'm going to enjoy the plot line. I'm not in it for her. Oh, like you don't have to be objectifying her. Yes. Okay. Yes. I see where you're going. Yeah. Okay. I do think that filtering when you can is good too, right? Like filtering what you watch. Absolutely. Yeah. But like, the mental filter. Is very helpful. Because again, like you're going to walk through the mall, Right. Victoria's Secret or Lacenza, they're going to have the poster. Yes. And you could be in the mall shopping for batteries. There's nothing morally wrong with going to a mall for batteries. Yeah. Or shoes or whatever. But you have to walk by that poster, right? So what are you going to do? Like, how are you going to think about it as you go by it when you notice it? Okay. Right? Even if even if you already stopped yourself from extended gaze and lust. Yeah. It's saying, okay, they're objectifying women. Huh. And it just creates that little bit of distance. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Now, just switching back to the wise for a moment here. Okay. Before we close, we can, wives can reduce self-objectification, right? Husbands ogling others and their objectifying behaviors and attitudes are most harmful to a wife when she starts to internalize these views and compares herself to outside standards of beauty. Okay. So okay. that's how that's working. And that's where a bonus guy really kind of dives into this because it's about working on preventing self-objectification. But I think just being aware of this can be helpful. And working on preventing your self-objectification can remove most of the negative effects of ogling and objectification from others. This is from another study. Yeah. So you're not a helpless victim, I guess is what I hope Ooh, you hear okay. in, in that part. Yeah. Well, you know what? I've like been so anti-ogling forever and yet I never even thought of how it impacted the woman. Right. Like as the target of the gaze. Right. And the self-objectification and yeah, like that's huge. Yeah, for sure. And then how it's like a whole society or a whole culture is shaped by that. Yeah, for sure. <sighs> See, I managed to stay calm this whole entire podcast. Okay, I think this is like a real topic for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Whether you ogle or are ogled or see it happening to others mm -hmm. or... Mm -hmm. I mean, because then you even get the whole guilt thing about, well, she's being ogled and I'm not being ogled and hmm. the objectification there and mm -hmm. could go many different directions. Yeah, it's complicated. It is sure. very complicated. 
But thankfully, becoming a patron is very simple, Caleb. (laughs) (laughs) We would like to thank Jana, Richard, and Chris for becoming patrons this past week or between this recording and the previous one. So thank you there. And we have an iTunes review. Yay. But iTunes was glitching. But that's okay. We still have the review. We still got the review in here. says, highly recommended by a fellow mental health counselor by Kelly Michelle. But we have no idea how many stars it was because of the glitch. But that's okay. We're going to just assume that it's a five-star Sounds review. like a five-star. We'll give ourselves five stars. <laughs> Roll with that. Truly the best marriage podcast I found. I recommend it to my clients and learn so much from myself in my own practice and for my own marriage. So that's awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Next week, Caleb. We're talking about sarcasm in marriage. Good luck with that. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> all right. That should be a good show. Yeah. That is all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oif.link slash 176. Find out how you can help marriages. Go to oif.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever. And most of all, (coughs) we offer hope. No, you need to say most of all again. Why? Because you're like, most of all. Most of all, we offer hope, even for people. No, but say it without me gagging in the background now. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>